Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am your host, Samuel Smith, the Small Business Surgeon. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to uh, this week's episode. It is Friday Fire, uh, episode number 41. So we're cracking through these. It's Friday, November 12th already. Jeez, where did the year go, man? Hasn't this year just kind of flown by? I'm looking down, I'm like 80 podcast episodes in and... um Man, I started this show in, in, in January, and now it's November, and it's just been, like, it, it feels like it's gone in the in the blink of an eye, so thank you guys for hanging out and listening and making the show what it is. Thank you for sharing it out there. Thank you for the reviews that you'll leave. I sincerely appreciate all of y'all. Um, I got some new small business sur- surgeon and uh, Texas Media Foundry merch come in this last week so uh, i will try my best to set up a giveaway for uh, for the friday fires moving forward we were uh, exchanging reviews for for merch at one point we ran out of merch but now i've got some uh, got some just come back in so i think we might start uh, giving away some t-shirts and stuff here for you guys soon anyway <clears throat> On uh, on Mondays, as those of you know, with the uh, with the show on Mondays, we have some uh, some interviews. And man, I've I've been interviewing some really really killer guests uh, this last week, and uh, on next week's schedule as well. So I've got some really good interviews coming up. Um, I pull most of my guests out of the Apex Network, and we had a uh, we had an Apex Live this last week, and uh, there was a. Uh, it was last Friday, uh, our last get-together of the year up there in Dallas. I was fortunate enough uh, to get nominated for a couple of awards up there. It was really, uh, really quite flattering uh, to be a part of uh, that awards ceremony. So, uh, man, I will, uh, I'll make a post as soon as I get... Uh, I, I didn't win one award I was, uh, I was nominated for, and then I won, award, I won one award that I didn't know that I had been nominated for. So it was uh, quite a roller coaster of emotions, and I will, uh, I'll share that story with you guys probably... Uh, probably on another episode coming up here soon. But what I wanted to share with you this week, um, you know, like we have full-length shows on Mondays. Friday's a little bit uh, different. I just kind of monologue, talk about lessons I've learned from the week. And I'm reading a book called The Richest Man in Babylon by George Klassen. And there's some fantastic advice in there. Um, I'm re- I do a little uh, Facebook Live every night where I read it out on my, uh, on my personal page. Um, and the reason I do it is for accountability. I, I don't, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I do my best to be perfect, but it's really difficult and I'm not perfect. And then, you know, as like, I got all these things to do every day and reading and education is incredibly important, but it appears that every time I get in a time crunch that reading is the first thing that I skip um, out of all the daily priorities. So, so every day I should be practicing gratitude. I should be exercising. I should be getting my eating right. I should be, uh, reading and educating myself as well as, you know, working and, and networking and meeting people. There's a whole list of tasks that I have to do every day. And, uh, I always push reading because it's the easiest one to ignore, even though it's like the most important. So I've been reading from this book, The Richest Man in Babylon. And, so many entrepreneurs struggle with money 
um, myself included. I mean, it's not like, I'm not broke anymore, but I'm not rich. Shit, you know. Um, I'm not anywhere close to what a lot of the guys in the Apex Network are producing as far as money. And I had a big money problem almost five years ago now when a company I was uh, I was running, it was my company, when, uh, <clears throat> when I crashed it due to drinking too much and not being a good steward of the money. So I was forced to, uh, to relearn financial habits. And in doing so and talking to other entrepreneurs, I realized just how many of us are in the same boat to where we're spending everything that we make on growing the business or marketing for the business or testing new business ideas or hiring the next employee or any of that stuff. And we turn around at the end of the day and at the end of the week and at the end of the year and you go, well, shit, I made 500 grand this year. Well, at least my my checking account says I made that. Where the hell is it? You know, so it's um, it's very dear to me that we have great financial understanding. And my financial abilities have, have come and gone through my life. Um, you know, I got very, very into credit card debt as an early, uh, early 20s. And I went through financial peace in my mid-20s and I was a, a saver and an investor and I had a, I had the stable job and all that. And then the, the entrepreneur bug bit and I, I did really well. And so in doing really well, it, it hid the financial habits that I had. It hid the bad habits in there. And so when my company did collapse, I had made so much money for so long I didn't have these fundamental financial habits and I had ignored um, what are written in the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. I'd ignored the five laws of gold and they were laws that I knew. I knew them already. You know them. They're common sense fucking laws. But I'd taken it upon myself to um, decide that I didn't have a spending problem. I had an earning problem and I was really good at earning money. And so... I didn't have the financial habits that I generated in my 20s when I wasn't really good at making money and I just started out in uh, in my legal career. And it was the start of that career that gave me a regular paycheck, that gave me the ability to budget, that helped me to generate great financial habits. Um, and I, my, my financial habits were, were, were good, but they weren't anywhere near what they needed to be. Um, when the time came for my business to be in trouble, I didn't have the skill set to get through. So I want to share with you the five laws of gold from the richest man in Babylon. And I want to just kind of put a, a modern twist on how they apply to us uh, today without you know violating the laws. I want to explain them in today's world. So the first law of gold is, is that gold comes gladly and in increasing quantities to any man who will put by not less than one-tenth of his earnings. And this is something that I've talked about several times in the course of the podcast because of just how fundamentally important it is. You cannot out-earn terrible spending habits. And if I take 10% of every deposit that comes into my company and I put it in a separate bank account specifically for the company... Um, and Mike uh, Michalowicz practices this in, in the Profit First system. But 
an amazing thing happens when you take the money out of the company first and put it somewhere off to the side, you're still left with 90% of everything you made. And what happens is you cater your desires to that 90%. It's the strangest thing. You don't miss the 10%. You just look at it as money that cannot be spent on operating expenses and new clothes and going to the pub and all these little things we do when we get a taste of success. Um, you know, I used to have a, a terribly bad habit of, of smoking a couple of cigars a day because I could. And then you realize just where that money's going. And if you take the money out up front and you put it into investments and growth for the long term, it's just, it's so reassuring to be able to go to sleep with some money in the bank and when you're an entrepreneur often we run things so close to the edge we forget to live off of nine tenths and save a tenth because if we don't save that money and I, I know it's easy for me to sit here and say save your money and they're like well I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this but if I give you a ten thousand dollar project and say look this project should cost ten thousand dollars I want you to do it for nine you will find a way to complete that project for $9,000. And it's just, it's it's saying, hey, we need $100 worth of stuff for the office and being frugal enough to get $100 worth of deals and only spend $90. Um, it's, a, it's something you have to be mindful of and something you have to practice. And the way I do it is I've got separate checking accounts set up. And when money comes in, I take the 10% off the front and put that into a separate checking account. And then I put money aside for payroll. And then I put money aside for um, taxes. And then I put money aside for, you know, the, uh, the operating expenses and stuff. But the money spent up front, knowing where it's going to go for the month. And 10% always goes to an emergency fund. So gold cometh gladly an increasing quantity to any man who will put by not less than one-tenth of his earnings. And the thing is, you don't ever miss that tenth. Once you start to do that, you see very, very quickly, if your company, um, let's say you're just starting out and your company revenue is $20,000 a month. Well, if you take from that and you save 10%, you'll still operate the same business on 20 grand a month as you would on 18, I guarantee it. And while you're doing it, you'll probably learn to run a little bit leaner and fill some of the holes where money's escaping. And you'll be $2,000 a month into a savings account. If you do that for six months, you'll have 12 grand, which should be at least six to eight weeks of expenses, which will then allow you to sleep at night. And you're not having to sell anymore you know, you're not having to chase any more business. You're not having to raise your prices. You're literally paying yourself first and guiding where that money goes. And it's it's the most critical law of gold. Uh, save 10% of everything. And, and do it now. Don't wait. The second law of gold. Gold labors diligently and contentedly for the wise owner who finds for it profitable employment, multiplying even as the flocks of the field. What he's saying there is gold will reproduce if you put it to work for you, right? When an, 
when you store gold up and you store money up and you save money, you must find something to put that money out there to work. <clears throat> because ultimately, right now, we are trading time for money. What we want to do is make the money work for money, and then we can do whatever else we want with our time. So the second law of gold is gold labors diligently and contentedly for the wise owner who finds for it profitable employment. The third law of gold, gold clings to the protection of the cautious owner who invests it under the advice of men wise in its handling. How many times when you get a little bit of money do people come up to you with investment opportunities and quote-unquote business opportunities and you know I need 20 grand to do this and it'd be really really great and you should put money into it and it happens over and over now we get investment opportunities especially as entrepreneurs we we probably run into them more than a lot of people because the circles we move in we kind of attract speculators and we attract the people that, that are dreaming that want to make things happen so the, the key to this law is that if you are cautious and you invest your money under the tutelage of men who, or women, <laughs> under the tutelage of people who have already done it, who have an already proven track record in investment, a proven track record. Maybe somebody's been running his own company for 10 years and it's profitable and they want to, they, they want to buy some more equipment. And one way for them to expand is go to borrow money. And that would be a safe investment because you've got a track record of somebody that's been in business as long as that. You know, it's telling you to invest with experienced people. And that's hugely important to remember because when you're, when you start first coming into money and when you start first, you know, having a surplus and looking to invest it, Everybody and his wife will come out of the woodwork and tell them why you should invest five thousand dollars in in selling these you know Lularoe clothes at your house, or you know whether you should invest um, you know three thousand dollars in starting an Herbalife distributor or, or anything like that. Just just make sure that when you invest, you invest in like real tangible shit with people that are smarter than you. The fourth law of gold. Gold slips away from a man who invests it in businesses or purposes with which he is not familiar or which are not approved by those skills in his keep. There you go. A perfect example of you know, continuation of the third law. You will lose your money if you put money into things that you don't understand. That is practically guaranteed. And part of losing that money is payment and a lesson so you can learn to fucking understand what you just messed up. Um, you know, we call it idiot tax and we've all paid it. The key there is making sure you take the lesson from paying that tax and you learn from it because that's how you become familiar with the skills needed to make these investments. So there was some investments in my 20s and in my 30s that went horrifically because, again, I thought that it was a safe bet and I knew enough and I was not familiar really with what I was investing in and I didn't know all the nuances and some of those investments I made money and some of them I lost money and some of them I lost small fortunes because I violated that law and 
I speculated on businesses and business ventures that I wasn't intimately familiar of. Now I stay in my own lane. I fucking crush it. Like I am becoming a expert in a very, very singular niche. And I love it. It's great. But no longer will I invest speculatively in business ventures that I don't fully understand. So anyway, the fifth law of gold, gold flees the man who would force it to impossible earnings or who follow the alluring advice of trickers and schemers. So impossible earnings, that's like, be very, very careful. If something looks too good to be true, it probably is. You know, if you've got a team of seasoned investors that control billions of dollars in assets and they're offering 18 to 20% returns, that might be a stretch, but it might be plausible. But, you know, if you've got a guy from the back of a biscuit packet offering to double your investment every 60 days, you might want to give that a little bit of a wide berth, right? Investments that carry huge supposed risk, huge supposed rewards, sorry, generally always have massive risks. And, you know, there's a there's an old saying uh, that... Uh, if you want to make money in Vegas, then you need to be the casino. And, you know, the house always wins. So if those returns look too good to be true, they probably are. And keep that money in your pocket. All right. Those are the fifth laws of gold. And do you see how they all are relevant in today's society? Just as they were five or 6,000 years ago when they were originally carved on those clay tablets in Babylon. Those laws of gold are completely relevant. And the one that's had the most impact on me and the one I want to share with you, the hardest and the strongest, is the first one. When you start setting aside 10% of all of your income that comes through your companies and you use it to build a cushion where you can sleep at night and then you use it to build and grow investments, it is the single most amazing thing because that money accumulates you don't miss the 10 percent. you have to trust me on that you do not miss that initial 10 percent. you find a way to work around it that might be selling more things it might be making more money it's like hey i need a thousand dollars this week what am i going to do to sell well now i gotta set back 10 percent. so if i need a thousand dollars i've either got to only spend 900 or what really happens is you might just have a shot and go and make 1100 bucks, And then you save 10% of that, and then you've got your $1,000. You know, it works all these ways. But when you can get into the habit, and it's such a good habit, of the minute you deposit money, just hit a transfer straight out of one checking account, straight across to the other, um, it will absolutely help to rewire the fundamentals of your business. So please give it a go if you haven't already. Try it for two months and uh, just see what that extra 10% jingling around in your pocket feels like. All right, that's it from me. You'll be good and stay safe. Have a great weekend and uh, I will catch you guys with a full-length show on Monday morning. All right, be good. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. 
share with friends, and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.